The following shear has been presented by Rav Daniel Dumbrov, Dayan at the Beis Havad, and has been brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. To dedicate a Parsha or an entire Sefer, please call 1-888-485-8223 or email info at thehalachacenter.org. This is Parsha's Parsha's Shemois, and one of the discussions in the Parsha involves the incident with Moshe Rabbeinu and Dasan and Aviram, where they went ahead and they reported his his um, killing of the Mitzri to Parai, and Moshe Rabbeinu was very distressed to see this Midah of Lashon Hara existing in Kal Yisrael. So I wanted to discuss a little bit some of the concepts of Lashon Hara and understand a little better what the nature of the Easter is. So the Chavaz Chaim in the Bermam Chaim towards the beginning of Hilchus Rechilos brings the Lashon of the Rambam in Hilchus Deus Perik Zion that describes Lashon Hara very much as in the context of a type of mazik. In other words, you could have a mazik be a dayim, you could have an iskemaman where you're, where something you own does damage, and then there's a, a hezik that, is, that happens through the lashon, through speech, could also cause damage in all different types of ways, and that's also a type of damage that is problematic, like any mazik. Now, there may be more to Lashon Hara than just that. There may be another factor as well, but we're going to focus on that. So I want to say over a Shaila, and um, this, I think through the Shaila we'll be able to bring out better the, some of these sages over here. So there was an incident in the yeshiva where there were two brothers in this yeshiva, and one of the brothers did something inappropriate, something wrong, and uh, the Menahel discovered what happened, and felt this was a serious offense and called for uh, the parents to appear in the yeshiva for a meeting. Now, the other brother got wind of it and was very uncomfortable with the parents coming down, the likelihood that uh, whatever was done would become known and would reflect badly on him. And he approached with the Menahel with this taina that that it's going to harm him when he, in fact, was not guilty of anything. So let's analyze whether or not this the brother has a good time or not. So we find, again, we're, we're understanding from the Rambam brought down in the Chavaz Chaim that we could kind of compare it to Hilchaz Mazik. So let's take a look at Hilchaz Mazik and see if we have something comparable. So I think we may have something similar in Baba Basra, Dafnundalam of Days. The case over there is where a non-Jew sold his field to a Jew. And the Gemara says it could only be purchased, only be acquired with a star. A star is necessary. And where the guy didn't write the star, so what happens is, is that the guy has released the property from his own possession. It hasn't really been, uh, properly acquired by the Jew, and now it's like it's Hefker, and someone else could jump in and grab it. And that's exactly what happens over there. Another fellow, Azariz, comes along and makes a Kenyan in the Karka. 
Now this fellow's paid his, paid, he's out the money, he's out the field, not very happy. So he goes back to the guy, and he says, you know, I want my money back. And the, the field was never Chala Kenyan. He'll explain how he explains it to the guy. And I was not kind of the field, I want my money back. And the guy's a little surprised. He explains, he explains them more about it, that this person, this person, Jumped in and made that, uh, made the acquisition. So the guy says, Oh, not to worry. Here's your money. I'll take care of this problem. No problem. And obviously we know what we know is going to happen next. Now that person legitimately owned the field. So this would seem very much like a Garmi, a Grama, a Garmi, a Moiser. He's basically setting up a situation where the guy will go after this other person. So there may be ways out of Ramesha does have an interesting way out. It's hard, very hard, it had a hard time understanding, uh, based on a different sugya. So I didn't, was unable to fully resolve Ramesha's mahalach. I'm not going to mention it. But without, if we just take it at face value, what would seem to come out from this sugya is, is that, um, it would seem that when you're doing something which you're entitled to do, you're getting your money back. You're entitled to get that money back. It's your money. You never got the field. Then even the grama that will come out of it is not, is not, on, is not on you. You're doing your thing to get your money back. That which the guy may or probably will go after that person for the field is not a grama which you're a chroy for considering that you're basic in something which you're entitled to be getting. So you know, let's not be we're not going to be kavei but let's right now take that out of the let's take the sugya face value and extrapolate that from the sugya. So if we can come back to our case, it would seem to then reason to say we could re- reasonably say that over here the menahel is seemingly is entitled to properly be mechanech brother number one, the offending brother. Um, we find that a Rebbe could even, many places can say a Rebbe could even take a class from a student, because since we find the Rebbe could technically hit a child, so if he could hit him, they could for sure class him when appropriate. And this would also be within his rights. Uh, again, for argument's sake, let's, I don't want to put too much of a focus on you know, what the, obviously in certain cases, maybe will leave irreparable damage if it's something which will be very embarrassing for him. And, but we're not going to go with that route and analyzing the specifics of this particular case. But we'll assume that the, that the Manal is entitled to, uh, call the parents down and properly do his job as far as the first brother goes. So even though there will be a Lashon Hara, a uh, Hezek, from the, on the second brother, which the didn't do anything wrong, but it would seem that it's similar to over there, I'm allowed to do my job, and the grumas that come out of it in that case are not my achrayas, and that would seem to be the, that would seem to be what would should come out. The question on this is, is that we find at the end of Hechazash and Hara, the Chavetz Chaim talks about where a person was accused incorrectly, and he says over there that if there's only one other person where when you say you didn't do it, 
it's going to automatically become clear that that other person wasn't who did it, then there there's a potential issue of Lashon Hara. Now, why can we say the same thing over there? Over there also, I am entitled to exonerate myself, and the groma that comes out of it is not my job. That That's the question. And again, we have our precedent, we have our makar, the Rambam, that we could compare Mazik to Lashon Hara. So, why is that different? So, but in truth, if we look a little more clear, a little more carefully at the at the Chavetz Chaim at the end of Kol Yud, where he discusses this Shaila, in the Bermayim Chaim, he clarifies that we're talking about where the where the person who's accused, the accuser, is completely out of line with his accusation. It's not a reasonable taina. And, um, it's uncalled for, and, the, and it's just his personal issue that, you know, that's not a real taina. And therefore, Chavitz Chaim explains, we look at him, we look at the one making the accusation on Rufain, which, in truth, it, he didn't do it, but what he's being accused of is not something wrong. It's that the accuser is making an issue out of something which is not wrong, which is, he did the right thing. So therefore, we're going to look at it that the accuser is a mazik ba'alma because he has no taina based on what Reuven did or what Reuven didn't do. Reuven actually didn't do it, but even had he done it, it wouldn't have been a taina. And therefore, it's his own uh, contrived hezek that he's bullying or starting up with this person. So in that situation, it explains the Chavetz Chaim, it's similar to Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi talks about where a person sees a flood approaching his way, his field is in the vicinity, so the Yishami is machalik, that if it hasn't yet targeted your field specifically, you could divert it so it shouldn't, it shouldn't eventually possibly target your field. But once it has targeted your field, and your field is in the line of fire, for you to then divert it over to someone else, is going to be a problem. You're going to be considered a garmi, perhaps more than a garmi, but a, a kopanim. That would be that would be aster. So says the Chavetz Chaim. Similarly, in this case, the 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 one being accused. Again, there's no basis to that. The accusation is just bullying. There's no reason for it. So therefore, even though you didn't do it. And the other person did it, but he's not entitled, he shouldn't be bullied either. He didn't do anything wrong either. So we just look at it as if there's a, as a, as a bad guy who's starting up and for you, you've become his target. Maybe, maybe it's, maybe it was by based on a mistake, but he's anyways just a bully. So therefore you happen to be the one, you're now the target. So you, for you to divert it to the other person, although technically he would have been the one that, the bully would have gone after, but that he didn't do anything wrong to deserve that. And therefore, it's similar to the Yushami where you are redirecting the flood to your neighbor, and that would be the problem over there. But let's say it was, let's say the taina that the accuser has is a legitimate taina. So then, he's not a mazik, he's entitled to make his accusation, he's not wrong for doing it. So then it would be similar, then we, the Chavaz Chaim says you'd be allowed to exonerate yourself, because 
That would already be like what we said before. I'm allowed to clear myself. I is going to become clear that the other person did it. Okay, that's not my responsibility. And since that per- the person accusing him in that case is not a mazik, so therefore it's just a matter of clearing myself. And even though Mamela, the blame will go to the next person, that's not my issue, and that would be permissible. Now, there's an interesting child in the Paiskim, a distressing Shiloh, but um, that unfortunately this Shiloh was no Gaila back in the day uh, in Europe during the war where you know there were um, lists drafted for people that were going to be transported. One of this particular story involved children, a hundred children that were going to be transported. And one of those children, the father at the point still had, uh, had managed to hold on to some valuables and was in a position to bribe his way out of it. However, that much was clear that that list had to be full at a hundred. So perhaps he could get his son's name off the list, but it would have to be replaced with a different name. So is that going to be mutter or not? And he asked his Rav, who was also there, and the Rav said, I can't answer the question. He said, you have to answer the question. You need to know what to do. And um, so so, so let's just uh, analyze this question. It would seem to be similar to the Yerushalmi. These Mazikim, these Reitzchim and Mazikim, are going after his son. His son has been targeted. His name is written on the list. He's now a clear, defined target. So, if his name comes off, someone else goes in his stead. So this would seem, at first glance, to be like the Yushalmi, that once that person is targeted, then to get rid of it, in a way that it was going to go to someone else, would seem to be problem permissible. Now let's just go on to one other point. A similar related point, which is that the Chavetz Chaim discusses where a person wants um, somebody's somebody needs inform, you know is going to be entering in, in some sort of involvement engagement with another person, and um, we'll call it Ruvain with Shimon, and Levi is aware that there's a serious problem with Ruvain. Either he's asked about it or he knows and. We now get involved in the middle of You know, Shimon is going to suffer a, ter- a terrible hezek. So, should Levi, what should Levi say? So he gives a number of conditions that you have to have if you, you know, you, you start off with you should be helping out um, Shimon to save him from this problem. But there's a number of conditions you have to meet. And one of the conditions he says is you have to be mechavan Has to be with pure good intent. And not machmas sinna. Now, sometimes that's impossible. Sometimes a person can't control himself. He has a grudge on Ruvain. He had some run-in with Ruvain. And as much as he doesn't want to um, feel that sweet satisfaction, that now he's going to be able to stop Ruvain in this issue with Shimon, and as much as he feels obligated to help Shimon, but he can't control himself from feeling uh, a hana from his nakama or whatever it may be to Reuven. So the Chavaz Chaim seems to say that it would be Aser. 
reason he does say it. He says it's a problem. So, is that true? When it, again, we were comparing, we saw earlier that, that Lashon Hara is comparable to Mazik. Is that the same Allah by Mazik? If I have to, uh, I'm going to save somebody, are we going to say that, that if I don't like that person, that I should refrain from saving, I don't like the Mazik, I should refrain from saving the Nizik? So, if you look in the Chavaz Chaim in the end, in Klaltes, in Rechilus, he actually discusses the Shaila, and it's in the Haggah, towards, uh, towards the end, and he says over there, he brings the Machlekes, the Sma, and the Taz, in Cheshem Mishpat. The Sma says, Enechanami, a person should refrain from, yeah, if he, you know, if he can't control himself from feeling that or not, he stay out of it. Stay out of it, hopefully someone else will do it. Don't get involved if it's going to be an act uh, with some pleasure from harming the, even though this, the, 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 the would-be mazik. Uh, what about a real roidif? Let's say roidif was trying to kill someone. Should you also refrain because you don't like the roidif? So perhaps over there, pikuach nefesh would be matarid. But al uh, by a regular mazik, the smaz saying, stay away. The Tazan, on the other hand, disagrees, and he says, no, proceed, um, try your best, but proceed. So says the Chavaz Chaim, so then according to the Taz, why do we say earlier that you have to be mechavin for te'eles? It would seem from the Taz, even if you can't achieve that, you can't control yourself, it sounds like you should go ahead with saving, with the fulfilling and helping the other party. So says the Chavetz Chaim, true, correct, that is correct. However, because there are other conditions, which is not to exaggerate it, um, not to make any changes, so he he, he explains that according to the Taz, what it really would just mean is that where a person has this burning grudge, so generally speaking, it's going to be very difficult for him to control giving it over precisely without embellishing it. And you're going to run into that problem, which is not allowed. So that's why he says, to avoid that issue. But if a person theoretically would be able to keep it at the exact amount, and the only thing will be that he's just going to have that pleasure, theoretically, you know, maybe very unlikely, because like he's saying, usually you're going to end up also blowing it out of proportion, and therefore generally we'll say stay away, but theoretically, if you could get it perfectly right, then we would say that you should proceed even though you're going to have that hana. The Beis Havad on the Parsha series has been brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. To reach the Center for Halacha Consultations, Service, Educational Seminars, or Media, please call one 888 485 VAD. That's 1 485 8223. To sign up to the BHHJ, the Base Havad's weekly interactive e journal, please visit www.bhhj.org or you can email us at office at the halachacenter.org.